Super Talk Mississippi media production. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome to Coast View, the show that celebrates the men and women who are making coastal Mississippi a better place to live work and play. And daily now we're talking to men and women who are on the front lines, leading us through the process to get on the other side of this mess. Today we've got two great guests. We've got Anthony Wilson from Mississippi Power Company, and then Robert St. John's, a restaurateur from from Hattiesburg, who loves coastal Mississippi and also uh, serves as a member of the Restart Commission. Anthony, it's great to have you today. Appreciate you joining us. Yeah, good to be back with you, Ricky. I know you've got your hands full. You're the current uh, chairman of the Gulf Coast Business Council. As you were telling me during the break, you were incoming president or chairman for the Mississippi Economic Council, but you know, they've, you've sort of delayed that while we're in this kind of no man's land. And then, of course, you're the president of Mississippi Power Company, and man, you've got your ha- hands full. We talked yesterday about the tornado that came through southeast Mississippi, the widest tornado, 2.25 miles wide in the history of the state, and the third largest tornado ever measured in the entire United States. That's unbelievable that that happened just two weekends ago. It is unbelievable. And it, as a matter of fact, that, that tornado tracked through our service territory almost in its entirety. So uh, it, we were we were fortunate in that it was not in a very you know it was not one of the highly populated areas of our state. Although we did unfortunately have um, you know a lot of loss of life and and it was it was a difficult storm to deal with and it 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 hit a lot of our transmission infrastructure, um, the big lines that go cross country. And then we we had several of our smaller towns, so-so in particular. I, I know you've seen pictures of that throughout the news. Uh, it was devastated, Ricky. That that little town was, uh, it was almost completely flat. And those, those folks are the, some of the most resilient people you'll ever meet. Uh, but it, it really took out all their infrastructure, including our infrastructure. We had to go in and completely rebuild our system there um it was quite an effort and you know what's interesting you touched on this you know we we deal with storms that's kind of what we do but but this is the first major major storm that we had to deal with where we were following all of the the you know the the covid 19 protocols so our crews were trying to operate with the proper social distancing they were wearing masks um they were try- really concentrating on keeping their their hands clean. Uh, it was it was very different. The, the staging areas where we would bring in our, our crews, uh, we would usually use in a situation like that one big uh, location. We broke it down to fewer uh, smaller uh, locations. It, you know, it was a it was very different. But I, I, I you know I have to take this opportunity to say thanks to to our to our guys and gals that were out there on the ground making that happen because they overcame all of that and got the lights back on in, in a in a hurry. So uh, they really did a great job. 
I had a I had a wonderful conversation yesterday with Johnny Polis from the Mississippi Highway Patrol, and he said the thing that was hard for him to to see and watch was that so many people wanted to go to SoSo and these other communities to help, but they were turned away because all these COVID processes were in place, and it just was you know it just was the way it needed to be. But you know Mississippians, good lord, even after Katrina, we saw this where people turned away help so they could point the help in the direction they needed it to be. Um, it's, in, it's incredible to see this and this weird place that we are as a community having to do like disaster relief in, yeah. the, in the midst of a COVID disaster at the same time. That's, that's one of the strangest things I've ever experienced in my life to see this. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. It's 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 unique. Uh, let's all let's hope and pray that it's it's a once in a lifetime thing, and we don't see this again. Uh, you know, this past uh, to your point, we had another outbreak of tornadoes that came through the Pine Belt again, and uh, this time we were we were practiced. We did it the week before. And how much, uh, how much damage did we get? We we had. Uh, Again, the transmission system was really hit hard. Uh, we had probably 7,000 customers impacted. Uh, it was not as widespread damage. Uh, we did not take a direct hit uh, on a on a like a little downtown area, uh, but it was it was a difficult it was a difficult storm. It was it was another violent storm. Um, mm-hmm. But we dealt with the COVID. We, we dealt with the COVID protocols again, and and we we knew that we could do it. And and uh, the restoration was the restoration went pretty quickly. So tell me about this, Anthony. You you've alluded to it, but aside from the the tornadoes outbreak, the reality was that your team was already identified, obviously, as essential workers. Uh, that people are, people are are hunkered down at their houses. Um, I'm I'm sure that their that their energy use is up significantly, which increases the 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 burden on people to have to constantly deal with. The, the customer service issues that might come up, just like a, a first responder, your your team has to be ready to go. So tell tell me about the daily operating procedure of the power company. Yeah, it's it's been really interesting, and, and I would tell you that the team put together a a very uh, I would call it a global plan that that really has worked well. We have about 50, 60 percent of our folks on on what what we would say uh at home duty you know they're they're working they're they're telecommuting they're running the business of the company every day and uh it that's worked well and that that's all about your it's all about your it equipment and and can you keep it working and and functioning like you need it to uh and we have uh the remaining half of the company has continued to work it's it's our it's our line crews it's our call center folks. It's it's our people in our control rooms and our power plants. Uh, you know they've got to continue to make they got to continue to make electrons, Ricky. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and they're doing that, and uh, we're getting it delivered out to out to customers. And uh, when the when the weather is good and the power is uh, is on, it's it's a lot easier. And once we have a big event like we've had the last two weekends, it gets much more difficult. But um, you know they they they've stood the test, and I couldn't be more proud of them. 
I had a good conversation with Ron Barnes last week from Coast Electric, and he one of the things he did is it literally went through a list reminding people how to be energy efficient. Because now that everyone's at home, you know, this it would be easy for them to drop their guard, and some of them may have some economic struggles that that they're facing. So, uh, any advice to people who are who are at their homes and and maybe using a little bit more electricity than they normally would be using, and how to be efficient about this? You know, I, I think it's just be smart about what you're doing. Um, if it's 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 getting hotter out there, so folks are naturally going to want to crank their their air conditioning units a little bit cooler. Um, you know, those are the little things that just a degree here and a degree there can make a difference. So if you can keep your thermostat, you know, around 78, I know that feels warm to people uh, sometimes. But uh, that really helps, uh, yeah. particularly, particularly when you're in your home 24-7 these days. So uh, if you crank it down three or four degrees and you leave it there for that, that entire duration of, of basically every hour of every day of every, you know, of the week, that adds up. Mm-hmm. So uh, diligent, be diligent about that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's the stuff folks know to do. We just have to be disciplined to do it. So, Anthony, we're going to talk about the Restart Commission that you're a member of, and we're thrilled to have you on that on that group with the governor in the second half. But one of the things I wanted to just talk about for a second, I've had um, I had Tish Williams from Hancock County and Adele Lyons and Paige Roberts from Jackson County Chamber had Ashley and Adele both on the show on Friday, and we just sort of had a roundtable about what's going on. I've uh, had Roger Wilder from the Community Foundation and other. One of the things that impresses me is, and I've said it so many times before, that resiliency is definitely in our DNA, but we just have a group of leaders on this coast that understand what it's take what it's like to take the bull by the horn and begin to understand the current situation so that we can figure out specifically what do we need to do as we go forward. They're not sitting back waiting for the Restart Commission to come back with their recommendations. They're assessing the situation now so that when we get more clear um, you know, directions on how to work our way through the various phases, they're just focused. I mean, we're really lucky to have the group of leaders we have on this coast, aren't we? I totally, I totally agree with that. You know, it's so many folks on this coast. It's, I guess we could say, are tested. They've been through some difficult, uh, very difficult economic situations. Uh, you know, you go all the way back to Katrina, which you were, you were so heavily involved in, and and uh, you you come forward. We had recession. We had BP, uh, and then of course we had the the, the issues last year with the spillway. And um, we trans we transition now straight into COVID nineteen. Uh, you know, it, folks folks know that uh, hey, if we don't if we don't start and, and, and start moving the ball ourselves, that uh, no good no good can come from sitting idle. No, we don't we don't. I mean, the truth is, usually if it's a hurricane, we've got people from all over the country and maybe even the world coming to help us. But in this case, we're all facing the same situation around the world simultaneously. So yeah. we're, uh, we're, we're at least we're we are prepared. We understand what it's like to sort of help ourselves and to build a plan to help ourselves. So why don't we do this? When we come back from the break, Anthony, we will continue the conversation about, you know, where do we go from here? And uh, so anyway, this is Anthony Wilson, the president and CEO of Mississippi Power Company, who's a consummate community 
community leader, and we'll be back after this break. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. We have Anthony Wilson here, the president and CEO of Mississippi Power Company and uh, someone who's an incredibly important leader, not only to coastal Mississippi, but to our state. Uh, Before we went to break, we talked about the power company's response to the recent tornado outbreak. And uh, it's just inspiring to see that that they're essentially first responders out there helping rebuild infrastructure and do the things that are necessary to help people get back where, you know, so they can have power again and start their recovery process. And we talked about um, the volunteer and and other leaders along the coast who are working together to to get their arms around this situation. And before we move on to the restart commission that that Anthony is a part of, I wanted to, to talk just for a second about Anthony, I've had conversations with mayors along the coast, with police chiefs, you know, the first responders. You know, I've been really impressed with the way the the, the public sector, especially elected officials, have come forward and begun to embrace the situation and help us, you know, help keep people calm, to help communicate properly what, what they need to do to protect themselves and their family. And then the, the first responders, man, the work that they're doing is just so inspiring. You know, what do you what do you have to say about that before we move to the restart commission? My observation is the same as yours, Ricky. That I think the uh, the mayors have really pulled together. You know, I, I know that they talk multiple times as a group each week uh, to make sure that that what they're doing for their cities it you know if it makes sense in 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 pascagoula then it might make sense in bay st louis and they're they're working really well together to i think use best practice and uh make good things happen for the gulf coast i i'm really really uh pleased and uh excited to see all that's going on in terms of this just their their hard work to make uh, good things happen in, during this most difficult time. Uh, yeah. yeah same, I, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish your thought. The same is true, I think, with the with the boards of supervisors across the coast as well. Uh, I deal with just about all of them at, at one time or another, and uh, they're really working hard, I think, to, to pull together with the municipalities and with the other boards across the coast to do good things. And, uh, you know, it, it, I can't I can't move beyond this segment without saying uh you know that the firemen and the police and the highway patrol that you mentioned earlier um we couldn't do what we do without them i mean people don't realize how closely we work with the fire departments and the police departments uh those folks are out there every day on the front line and um you know our coast is so so fortunate to have uh the folks in our first responder groups that we have i mean they're outstanding yeah, it's great to see. It's great to see the coordination among the cities and the counties, because this is just in the in the interest of one coast and thinking of of coastal Mississippi as a region, that this is a common enemy that we're facing, and so. You know, there may be great ideas, as you pointed out, in Pasigula that can be used over in Faye St. Louis. And the fact that they're sharing these ideas and helping develop sort of a, a common approach, if not, you know, there may be some unique, you know, situations in each of the cities. But, you know, it is, it is a common situation. It's a common language that we can use to describe the situation. And a lot of the responses are similar. So um, we're stronger. We're so much stronger when we when we think as a region. There's no doubt about that. So. 
Anyway, let's switch gears. Uh, you have been asked to be a member of the Restart Commission. You've already begun your meetings. Talk to us about why that's important. And, and I also should point out before we get too far into that, is that we're in this strange place, Anthony. You know, there's a there is, I call it the extended response period. There's not a moment when someone's going to wave a, a white flag without a vaccine to this virus that everybody's just can just go about their business. We've got to figure out how to operate in this no man's land. And it's so important that the plateau that the governor talks about that we begin to have that fall. That's the number of new cases reported each day. Because without that, we can't begin to proceed through the phases that you guys are going to be going to be thinking about. So let's talk about all the elements of the of the Restart Commission. Yeah. Well, you know, you're right in that, that, that it, it, we get new information every day. You know, it's it's a new piece of information that, that we need to figure out what it, what is the significance of it and how do we meld it into the into the plans that we're developing. Um, you know, it's it, it's really unprecedented the the amount of change that that the, the, I guess the state is having to deal with, the municipalities are having to deal with, they're, they're learning something new every day and they're having to, to work through that. And uh, so that's, that's kind of the backdrop of this thing is that it, it came from nowhere and, and then the, the unknown aspects of it continued from day to day to day to day. Uh, it's, you know, we're all waiting for uh, this plateau I think we're very near the plateau in 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 our state uh, in a lot of ways, uh, and certainly in some parts of the state. I think we certainly are plateaued. So every 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 piece of the state is a little bit different, uh, depending on density of population and and, and what have you. Uh, so it, it's very it's a very unique time that we're in, and uh, the governor the governor knows that. You know, it's we've got to get the economy moving forward. I mean, I, I think you see that across the country, and certainly Mississippi's no different. Uh, Governor Reeves had had the I think the insight to say, okay, we got to we got to pull a group together to begin to help us think through uh, think through what we're doing. And uh, you know, we we had our first meeting uh, last week, and uh, it's it's it, I think it's the right group of people. And we're, we're really beginning to think through how do we how do we advance this ball? And I, I told someone earlier, you know, it's it's a it's really a it's a two part it's a two part thing going on here. It's it's a win question. When do, when can we do this? And I think that's going to be solely driven by the medical experts that that we have in the state and that the the governor has working closely with him. And then the next question, which I think is what our commission is working on, is what do we do? And uh, what what are the steps that we can take, large and small, to, to move us forward? And and clearly, the the governor wants us to think really in three phases. Really, right now, immediate, thirty to ninety days is the, is the first part. And then we move into a more intermediate, where from ninety days to a year. Then the, the long term is out further than that. So. That's the charge, and the question is, you know, what 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 do we need to do right now to help begin to get momentum back into the economy? So, um, have you have you are, are there low hanging fruits that you guys have already begun to identify and, and think about picking? Well, you know, there there's a lot of things that we're talking about. We've only had our first meeting. Uh, 
And I think a lot of ideas are coming up through that. It's kind of percolating through the top. That's one of the that's one of the charges that we've all been given is to be thinking about, you know, within the next few days, what what can what immediate first steps can we take? Then we share those uh, with a, with the governor. He'll he'll you know obviously he's he's very anxious to see what what those steps could be, and uh, then, then that'll, and that'll come out to the public thereafter. Yeah, I think, you know, it's so, you know, I think people have to realize that these, you know, I just want to amplify the point you made a few minutes ago, and that is that the data, data from the medical experts, the number of of cases, the number of hospitalized, the number of, you know, whatever, what all the numbers that they're looking at are going to drive this. And the thing that enables us to move faster through the phases is that we continue to see a decline. So that is the decline in the number of daily reported new cases of COVID. So essentially what's got to happen is if people really want our economy to come back and begin to thrive within the new normal, that they've all got to continue to do their part to make sure we don't pass this disease from one person to the next. We've got to be constantly focused on that. There, it's, again, there's not a moment where we're going to arrive and everything's going to be okay without a vaccine. So we just got to figure out how to work through that. So the, so the call to action for anyone listening or watching this video is continue to do your part. Continue to, you know, to protect yourself and your family. That's probably the most important thing you could do right now if you really want small businesses and others to open up quickly. Isn't that right, Isn't that right Anthony? Absolutely, that's right. I mean, we, we have to do our part. And, and you know, it's it's the it's the washing it's it's washing your hands it's using hand sanitizer it's keeping distance from folks when you do have to go out to a grocery store uh use a mask if you have a mask it's it's the thing that i think we all know to do but we really have to be disciplined about doing it Mm -hmm. and uh, you know it if we can get to that point and everybody's doing that then i I think you begin to see a plateau and in the beginning of the decline and, uh, you know, I think the hot weather of the summer will help in that regard, too. At least that's what I read. And, um, you know, once we get to that, then we can begin to open our economy back up. And, uh, you know, it's 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 a tough it's a tough environment right now. We, we need the economy to move. Well, you're right. I mean, the reality of our situation is we face a health disaster and an economic disaster, and we have to figure out a way to supercharge the economy as quickly as possible. We just can't continue the way that we are. And I've uh, I've written about it. I've talked about it continuously. We have to be smart about it, but we have to create ways for businesses to be able to open. We're doing it now in, a, in, in very significant ways when you think about it. Grocery stores and Home Depot and you know auto repair shops. There's a large number of essentially essential businesses that have been identified. And then, of course, Friday, we began to open it up for more types of businesses, not essential businesses, to begin to open up but we got to continue to move that forward every single business that can open now with the ability to socially distance and practice some of these safe procedures they've got to get open and we've got to figure out a path forward for them to do that and then once we see the decline we can move through the phases and begin to open up just a little bit more and slowly but surely put some new life back into this dead economy right now that's i can't say how important that is and it's good to see that we got some of the best minds in this state wrapped around that now well i i think i think the folks that the governor has asked to participate in this are, are the right folks they they're representative of the entire geography of the state which is important 
you know, it, it, it's representative of the different businesses that we have. I know you have coming up after me. Uh, Robert's going to be on, and and uh, you know, he he has businesses uh, from Hattiesburg to the coast and around. And, and not only that, he has businesses outside of the restaurant business. And uh, he's a, he'll be a great voice to give a different perspective. Yeah. Uh, and, and they all have to come together to kind of build, a, I think, a narrative that, that works for our state. Well, Anthony, we're at the end of our time now, but I appreciate you taking the time to join us today. And we'll uh, we'll be back to you in a couple of weeks just to get a check-in. How about that? Sounds good, Ricky. Thanks for Thank having me. Thank you for me. your leadership and have a great day. Thank you. Okay. Robert St. John next. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.